Welcome to our podcast, Wise Black Nana's Life Coaching Between the Dash. Hey, what do you do when it feels like life has thrown you a few too many challenges, knocked you down, in the bed, hard to talk about even with your best friend challenges, and it feels like the challenges are winning? Wouldn't it be nice to hear from your Nana or a stand-in Wise Black Nana? Well, they are Wise Black Nana's. Charlotte Walker, PhD, and Joanne Early, MS, two mature women with over 70 plus years of combined coaching and mentoring, professional human resources, and business experience. The wonderful news is these wise black nanas are still living and learning about this amazing life, about resilience and grit, gratitude and appreciation, and the extraordinary power of love and friendships, being positive and supportive, and learning from others. Welcome to Wise Black Nanas. Let's listen in. Hello. Welcome to our podcast. I am Dr. Charlotte Walker, one of the divas of Wise Black Nana's podcast. Uh, we share some of our uh, thoughts and experiences related to uh, claiming our self-worth and then adding a tax during our last podcast. So in this episode, we will be talking about uh, well-being and giving you some definition and some examples on how to create that. Joanne? Yeah, welcome back. I'm uh, Joanne Early, the other half of Wise Black Nanas. And we're talking about our lived experience, our views, uh, and sharing with you some things that we've seen, felt, and experienced in our own lives, our work, and uh, and our coaching work especially. Uh, so yeah, on this podcast, we're going to be talking about just how are we doing looking at well-being? Because gosh, there's just so much going on in our everyday lives, our communities. Uh, we've been through a lot uh, over the last few years. Um, lots going on that's changed our workplaces, uh, the world itself. So, you know, again, we just thought it might be a good time to talk at, not talk at, but to look at uh, and talk about um, well-being. In other words, just what is our overall level of contentment? Thanks, Joanne. What we decided to do is that we would kind of like, you know, Joe and I to talk to, you know, like, put our heads together. And, you know, we thought of some questions that we could uh, throw out to the audience to get you thinking about well-being and how well-being impacts your life. And do you recognize whether or not you have well-being in your life? So here are just a few of the questions. And really, how are you doing with well-being? Okay. Is it time to do a self-check? And that really is post pre and post COVID-19. What are you what are you doing? Have you changed anything? Are you still doing the same thing that is getting the same results? So it's kind of like working a little bit. Okay. <laughs> um So where where are you as far as post-COVID and um, have you made any changes in your work life or your personal life as far as how you go about your day or how you create uh, 
will be? Yeah, let's let's take a look at answering some of those questions because as we said, everywhere we look, it seems like there's bad, bad news every single day. Uh, and while we might be post-COVID, we've still got so much going on in the world. We got uh, all these uh, wars, uh, the political turmoil with the election coming up. And gee, with so much um, misinformation out there, so much uh, uh, talk and, and just evidence of inequities and disparities just everywhere. Uh, it just seems like the good deeds sometimes have a smaller and smaller voice, that the good news rarely gets reported um, as much. And we think all of that affects our well-being and our wellness. So we want to just talk a little bit to help us um, uh, get a little clear focus on, you know, what are we really talking about in this episode? Well, the name of our program is Well-Being and How Are We Doing? But we recognize that sometimes um, we get well-being and wellness mixed up because, you know, they sound alike. Um, they sometimes are used interchangeably, um, but we think there is a difference and uh, there's some different meanings or definitions that can be applied. We always try to give you a little definition or at least kind of set the foundation for you know, for what we're talking about. So when we think about wellness, people often think about physical health, nutrition, exercise, weight management, uh, but it's a lot more. It's more of a um, holistic kind of integration of uh, all that physical, mental, spiritual stuff. It's kind of the fuel for our bodies, it engages the mind and certainly nurtures our spirit. So we think about a big overall, um, uh, more of a physical picture when we think about wellness. When we think about well-being, it's more of a intrinsic uh, value. Uh, it's more of a state of contentment or being healthy and happy, and you know, feeling. Uh, supported. In other words, it's more of an overall good quality of, of life. So if you can think about well-being as, as more of a quality of life thing, and you think about wellness as more physical, you know, that is a real easy way. We Well, maybe not easy, but that's a way to help distinguish and differentiate between the two. But in this program, we're going to be focusing pretty much on uh, talking about well-being. Thanks, Julia. You know, well-being is a, a broad topic, and, and we can uh, probably think of a, a number of different categories that it includes. So we're, you know, in, in, in this program, we're, we're not going to try to name every single one. There's probably a new one we could add every day. Is you know kind of focus on on four today. Um, we have uh, emotional well being, which is really essential. Physical well being, social well being, and you know this 
this one stands out for me because as a mature single person, woman, <laughs> uh, post-COVID, it's not really a lot for you to do to get back into the dating game or, you know, socialize. And, and people are still um, not really coming together like they did before. Right. Unless special group. So some of us mature folks who, you know, still look good, don't look our age. Um, we're, we're struggling. <laughs> and, um, and some of us have experienced the website Plenty of Fish. Plenty of Fish uh, will not fish in that pond anymore. But anyway... <laughs> Okay, I'm not sure I've ever heard that. That uh, what do they call website? Plenty of fish. Uh, no. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right, and you don't want to. Okay. Danger, danger. Okay. Um, uh, workplace and vocational well-being. Uh, we spend a lot of our time in our workplace or doing uh, the the job or uh, or working the passion that we that we love. Um, it seems of late that Joe and I, our passion has become uh, uh, wise black nanos and, and we love it. So we want to make sure our our well-being stays intact. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So just thinking about those very four broad categories, it really does encompass every aspect of our, our life, because uh, I don't care whether you are conscious of it or thinking about it or aware of it or whatever. Uh, you think about, you know, your emotional uh, place, um, you know, we're in and out different uh, aspects of that or different variations of that. If, you know, physically, if you ain't got your, your physical being together, you're, you're, you're off. You're not able to 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 do anything really and and having uh, you know friends and a network of uh, interactions and involvements uh, that's what keeps us socially there and um, so we just think about those those things and then we start to think about what happens when something isn't um, together or when we're we're dealing with something like COVID-19, where everybody was off. Everything as we knew it wasn't the same. We weren't even talking about well-being, you know, during that particular point. But every COVID-19 was impacting every aspect of our, of our lives. And when we look back at COVID-19, it's hard to, sometimes it's kind of hard to even think about it now, but we actually saw, witnessed, and lived through a period of time that was unlike any other time that we had. Absolutely. So we, yeah, I mean, we just, it just was a, was, a, again, a period that's still very fresh in all of our minds. We don't want to think about it, but we need to because there were so many things that came out of that that we just had not experienced before we broke we broke down we broke down as um you know as a people as a families as friends um, work networks 
uh, our own mental health status was diminished because there was just so many unknowns, so many things that happened that we had not experienced or lived through before. Um, a lot of people lost a lot of their physicality um, because they just weren't able to be active. We were in the house uh, or shut up in our apartments um, for long, long periods of time uh, because we were scared to go out, scared to go out, scared to interact, scared to go get some even health care that we needed or, or, or interactions that we needed because we didn't know who was ill or we were afraid that you know, we would um, become ill and become sick. So a lot of relationships um, dissolved. Some family situations broke up uh, or just broke down because people went into them themselves, not only just into their homes, but they also went just into themselves. And um, just many things happened and we experienced many things that a lot of us just had not seen or experienced to the levels that we uh, experienced. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Yeah. Charlotte, some more things that you can think of? Oh, uh, yeah. I think being on the front lines uh, uh, in human resources. and Oh, yeah. It, you were working uh, during that time, yeah. Working through that time and being considered what they, the only way that you could walk around Oakland or whatever, what my location was being considered uh, an essential employee and having a letter on me. So in case I got stopped, wow. that, you know, um, it, it was, it was weird. It was, it was, you know, it, it impacted my psyche. It's like, I thought essential employee was a good thing, but doing uh, COVID, not such, yeah, <laughs> not such a good thing. Right. So, mm -hmm. And it's, it's only like a couple of us that were really considered essential. Um, some other impacts, you know, of well-being. Uh, increase in drinking. Maybe people who had maybe a half a glass of wine or a cup of wine went to a bottle of wine. Another, uh -huh. You know, just... Uh, and, and that could be part of just depression of being stuck in one place and not seeing a way out. Mm -hmm. uh, there was substance misuse. Um, and I'll add upgrade to that. And what I mean by that is that perhaps someone who uh, had uh, edibles, ate edibles, moved up to crystal milk or mm -hmm. decided to get something a little bit harder to kind of take away whatever that feeling was. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, um, depression, deeper, darker, blacker depression, um, uh, removal from society, even your family, uh, spouse, whatever, uh, that happened. Um, there was low tolerance of, of many people, quick to get angry. Uh, there wasn't, Increase in SA and DV violence, uh, which was a way of, of how some folks got rid of their frustrations or um, dealing with their depression. Um, Self-defaming language and, mm -hmm. you know, saying things like, I'm not good enough and I should die or I should mm -hmm. be dead. Nobody mm -hmm. cares. Wow. And, um, mm, 
Yeah. And one of the key things is we have a hard time forgiving others during this time because we're hurting. And so we want everybody else to hurt. Mm -hmm. I mean, not all the time, but that just from little of the psychology stuff that I know, uh, as they say, hurt people hurt people. Um, there is such a stronger, more need for professional help um, um, from all around. And I think even our professionals needed professional help because they were overwhelmed right. by the volume of folks that needed needed their help. Right. You know, and do you have enough time for them? Do you have that 30 minutes for a hundred patients? Right. Not. Yeah, we um, saw those reports. We saw those reports um, on TV of just how many medical professionals that were just overwhelmed. And I have friends and, um, you know, colleagues that talked about, um, you know, they were concerned about their own health and taking something home to their families. Their families. You know, uh, with working with so many sick people. So, oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I I think one of the things that good things that came out of this is that um, there was a heightened awareness of mental health, the need for mental health care, and uh, how uh, it had been overlooked in the in the past. And um, COVID just brought out so many things. But I do think one of the positive things that's uh, remained is, you know, the open acknowledgement mm -hmm. that there is a great, great need for mental health care um, in this, you know, in this, in this country. And there are some efforts underway, you know, to, to ensure that people can, the resources are there for people to get the help that, um, that they need. I, I think the research also showed that there weren't enough mental health professionals to support what we needed. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like the nursing shortage or, you know, where do we go to get those people? How do we train them? You know, do we train them here? Or do we bring them here? You know, just all these questions came up. At least I know um, Governor Newsom, because um, that was part of a program that uh, where I worked, of, you know, getting MAs and nurses and health care professionals mm -hmm. into California from whatever, from other countries as soon wow. as possible. But um, so that was another impact. It's like we didn't have enough people. Like I said, if you have 100 people and you got 24 hours, how many half hours are that that you can allot? Not many because mm -hmm. you're not going to work 24 mm -hmm. hours. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, gosh, when we just think back, you know, like I said, it wasn't that long ago. It really wasn't. I mean, mm -hmm. I knew it. It almost feels like it was a long, long time ago, but it really was really only a few months ago. My head just spins with all the stuff that was going on, all the changes we've seen, all of the just just different experiences, things that we went through. Now, now that we can look back. Um, you know, I think about all the crazy advice we got, you know, about bleach and Lysol and just so. Yeah, that was a funny, that was a jokester, but the jokester didn't drink it either. He just oh, said do it. Yeah, yeah. All those things that we were experiencing during that time, 
you know, I think um, just put the kibosh or put the, the, you know, just had everybody's talk about well-being. Just everybody was just such at a low point. It was just really, really hard, you know, to find positive stories and and um, experience things to keep us uplifted and to try to keep our, our mental health. Um, you know, at a at a positive level, just the unknowns. Um, oh my yeah. goodness, all the finger pointing and the negative stuff. Uh, yeah. I I just am so thankful every every day that um, we got a different administration in power. Uh, we were able to get a vaccine, and supplies started coming in. Because I mean, heck, there was that time when we couldn't find masks. We couldn't find. Right paper towels and people were fighting fighting over Lysol containers and wipes and stuff you know in parking lots it was just a crazy crazy time and I think it also let us know that you know there's some some there's a lot of stuff that needs to be worked on but I go back to um, I go back to being very grateful that the lack of uh, adequate mental health uh, resources, you know, came out of that. And thank goodness for Zoom and other uh, platforms similar to Zoom that allowed schools to at least continue to some degree. It may have been, not have been what we wanted, but at least the students were able to continue their studies. Uh, and people were able to connect. Um, work was able to to go on. So there were some good, there were some good things that came yeah, out, I mean, that the came fact out of that. that. You know, uh, I think the fact that the organization where I worked that we had the year before kind of made it really possible for, for everyone to work remotely, mm-hmm. hadn't really publicized it, really helped and not having to lay off anybody mm-hmm. uh, or anything like that. So that was, that was really, really helpful because a lot of organizations could not do that mm-hmm. you know? so mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah there was some there was definitely some good things um yeah. and you know there were a lot of there were a lot of losses uh gosh i i lost a, a long-term relationship um because of the need to relocate back to california you know that just help out um uh, my granddaughter with her family they were trying to balance hectic two hectic work schedules um working at home and caring for, um, you know, a, a three-year-old um, whose daycare had been closed because of of, uh, of COVID. And they, like millions of parents all over the world, you know, had to balance how do I do work and how do I do, you know, taking care of my, my child and my family. So I agreed to, uh, you know, come out and, and help them during that terrible COVID time. And, um a really great guy that I cared a lot for. We just couldn't, you know, seem to make it work. So I'm not sure if COVID was, you know, all the reasons for that uh, relationship ending. Um, but it was a loss for me and it created a certain sadness and a certain um, level of regret, you know, for me. So I uh, can't know if I can blame the whole thing on on COVID, but it certainly uh, helped put a nail you know, in uh, mm-hmm. in a in a situation that you know was wasn't was a pretty good one um, uh, pre COVID. So um, that's kind of my one of my COVID stories. Mm, yeah, I think I, I think 
I, I consider myself a pretty creative person. And, and I think uh, COVID and working to, to make sure employees were safe and creating uh, well-being and higher whatever really, really expanded <laughs> my knowledge and required me to keep on learning and, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and, and all the while not trying to spend a whole bunch of money because, of course, with every disaster, these companies open up and they come in, they tell you what they can do to yes. help you with this. And then they charge you fifty or $100,000. And I would say, I could do that. And you don't have to pay a hundred thousand dollars. You know, mm -hmm. I could, I could do the chart. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, <laughs> right. So, uh, but we all, it, we all learn. We we all we all learned. We all learned a way. Um, I mean, it showed a lot of a lot of creativity. You know, in a in a lot of areas. But I think, um, you know, there we've you know we've come out of it, and certainly. Uh, I realize there are a lot of people that are still, uh, you know, having some health issues and it's still around. It's just that thank, you know, yeah. thank goodness we have uh, a vaccine that uh, is available and that people can take, you know, to help us not get back into that same situation that we were in just, uh, you know, a winter or so ago. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've been talking about, you know, some things that occur and happen as a result of um, um, uh, COVID-affected uh, low well-being, uh, what do you think are some things we can do, every one of us can do, to just boost our overall feeling of uh, quality of life and, and contentment? What do you think are some things that we can, well, that we can do? You know, we, we've done some research and we, you know, the list could go from 50 things to five things. And so what we've decided to do is just to share just, you know, a list of, of five things that are just, just thinking about them is doing. Uh, just being aware of them is doing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what I like to do now is just kind of take you down that path and just share with you Five things that can help you boost your well-being in your professional or personal lives. Mm -hmm. um, before I get to that, I have to tell you my my little um, pre-retirement. <laughs> I can say that. I'll say that. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> pre-retirement um, um, well-being ritual that I would do uh, in the office in the morning. Uh, pretty much everyone that knows me knows I'm an early bird, which means that 4.30 a.m., my eyes are open, I'm woke, I'm restless, I'm ready to get up. Now, 3 p.m. in the afternoon, <laughs> now, 3 in the afternoon, I'm ready to crash and burn. But, you know, I used to tell my staff, whatever you need, you need to get to me before 12 because I don't I don't make decisions after 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 12. But anyway... <laughs> What I would what I would do maybe two three four times a week depending on what was going on, I would make sure that I would go to office about an hour fifteen hour half hour uh, hour and a half earlier uh, when no one was there. So normal hours were nine to 
whatever when people came in. But I like to go in early because I like the peace. I like the quiet. Um, just don't like talking to business early in the morning. That's just me. So what I would do is I would, you know, get my Starbucks or my what what the Pete's, um, my banana nut bread, and come in the office about an hour and a half early. Or, uh, come on in, turn the alarm off, go in my office, close the door, don't turn the lights on, um, raise the blinds up. I had an office that didn't have glass windows, which made it even better. Um, because I requested that as an HR office, I didn't want people to be passing by to see who was in the office so they could run tell that. But anyway, um, I would just kind of like create, light my light my little candle, uh, and then I'd sit down and I just kind of like take a couple deep breaths and just uh, just kind of like okay, this is the beginning of the day. I did no work. I did no emails. I did no phone calls. I did none of that stuff. So what I what I would do is uh, I did um, have on my links some comments. So I'd go and go through the comments, several comment pages of New York Times, East Bay Times, and and some other. Just you know, looking at that. Then I'd go through the horoscopes and all of those and find some more. And I always have had uh, three, four different type of motivational little um, quote signs all the way, you know, around the office by date. So I'd go and, you know, tear it off the date, read, walk around. Then I'd come back and then I just, I just sit. I just sit and just okay. like really try to really focus on having a good day. Mm-hmm. And, and how to create, you know, like continue to create that all day long. Now, sometimes that was not possible due to work. But I think the effort in the morning for me helped me throughout the day to say, okay, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad. Helped to start um, you off uh, in a calm yeah, in a calm, and way. it made a difference in my day. I could tell when I did it and when I didn't. Yes, I moved. So, so that was important to me. And you know, uh, by eight, um, seven fifteen or, or eight thirty, whatever, I was done. Door open, doing my, doing my work. But that was important to me to create that kind of well being for me pre retirement. Um, prior to that, I probably would have not thought about it, but I was creating a path for retirement of what I was going to do. So anyway, <laughs> so that was one of the things. So one of the key um, ways to boost your well-being is connection. Uh, and, you know, we've been talking about COVID-19 and how we were separated and how we were disconnected, et cetera. But connection is really important to our soul and to our well-being to uh, be able to talk with someone, reach out uh, at any time, uh, uh, but it takes effort. And so, you know, you have to be conscious of that and it has to be intentional. Uh, it just can't be, uh, I'm going to reach out to this person today. 
some people use Facebook, some people join online um, book clubs, other ways um, to connect. And, and that's fine. Whatever, whatever connection works for you Mm-hmm. is a good connection, but just, just do it. Just do it. That's, that's a... activity. Activity is really important. Um, you know, getting up and, you know, moving around, getting up out of the bed and, uh, you know, going to the gym. And that doesn't need, you have to join a gym.
I, I guess because I love to read and I love to um, just always, I can't say I'm nosy, but I'm curious. Uh, I like to know what's going on to a certain extent. I just keep learning. It's just Learning is just something that I just love to do. So you never know, you know, um, I used to make all my clothes and just watching a piece of cloth turn into a dress, you know, or, you know, or pants or a suit for my kids. That, that, that was learning. It's like, oh, I can do that now. And then too, what a sense of accomplishment. Uh... Yeah. You know, because you know, I'm hard headed. I, I once once I start, I have to finish it. I'm not the I wasn't the kind of sewer who would do a few things and put it away. I did start from finish, no matter how long it took me that day, it, and that's just what it was. But um, to keep learning, I do wish that I still knew how to, to uh, embroider. My grandmother taught me how to embroider. And I used to think that was such a beautiful skill to have, how she would get those different colors on the tablecloth and, you know, on, on the pillowcase. Right, and right. I can't even thread a needle. <laughs> I can't even thread a needle now. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just, and then she put it in starch and they'd be so stiff. And... Uh, So I learned, but uh, I, I've forgotten how to the art of it right now. But so I keep learning. Um, I have some challenges with my sight right now, so my love of reading is is challenging. So I got to figure out how to get around that. I think that the last one is so important, and that's to give, give of ourselves with no. expectation of whether or not we're going to get something back. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best best way to to set up well-being because it's 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 unintentional. It's right. it's it's all and it's purposeful. Right. And I love giving. I, I love giving. To those who don't expect it, like volunteering or, mm -hmm. you know, sending someone a plant. Um, and, and one of the things that I kind of like to do is when someone has lost someone, I don't send plants or cards right away. I send maybe them um, a month later because that's when everybody else has disappeared. Yeah. And that's when it means more because someone is still thinking about them. Yeah, that's so a beautiful thing. That's what I like to do. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, so these are the five. Connection, activity, take notice, mm -hmm. keep learning, give. When that, and volunteerism, volunteer, volunteerism is in that as well. Mm -hmm. What do you think about these five? Well, you know what? I love it because they are simple things that can be as uh, elevated or cost. they can cost a lot of money or they could be absolutely of no cost. Something you can do. You can decide to what extent you want to do them. 
Um, I love them. I really do. I, I think the underpinning or the foundation to all of this is just our being um, aware of when, you know, maybe we're, we're lacking in self-being. Uh, and we know something's off, something's off, would it say off kilter a little bit? Um, just the awareness of that and then going beyond the awareness and actually taking some actions um, can just cultivate, I think, uh, feelings that, you know, we just, they'll bring up feelings for us that we didn't know were there mm -hmm. and available to us through just some very simple actions. When mm -hmm. you talked about, um, uh, when we were preparing for, for this episode, and when you talked about uh, those five key things to boost your well-being, I remembered back to a volunteer situation that I was involved in a few years ago. Anybody that knows me also knows that I am definitely a reader and I love uh, books and if it's got anything to do with uh, reading or exploring or learning something through a book, then, you know, I'm your person. Um, but it was about a time when I was also a uh, participant in a uh, organization called uh, Reading Partners, and they provided um, adult uh, readers to elementary school children to help them with their reading. So this was that. I, I just remembered it being a pretty low point in my life. I was between jobs trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Uh, I was having some uh, financial issues because I was caught up in that housing crisis in California. And uh, and also dealing with, you know, whatever current family crisis, because, you know, there's always a family crisis um, going on. But I was a reading partner at this elementary school out in East Oakland. And my little reading partner was a little girl who was a third grader whose family was recent immigrants uh, where there was no English at all spoken at home. And that alone used to throw me back. So I'm thinking, how the heck can, you know, when there's no English spoken at home? But anyway, no English spoken at home. So what kept me going back to that school twice a week was just the belief that I was making a difference in somebody's life helping someone read and uh, having just a positive impact on a young person. I didn't even think about it from a standpoint of well-being or, or anything like that at the particular time. It was just that I really enjoyed working with that little student and helping her read. So um, uh, after reader's graduation, I met some of her family members. All of the reading partners came to a little graduation and the kids would get a little certificate. But anyway, her mother introduced herself and she had wrote Miss Joanne, that was me, a note and it was in Spanish and English. And it said how much her daughter talked about me at home and that she took, the mom took time off from work and other family members took time off from work to come and meet me and to say thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was such a precious moment. And oh, one, yeah. one that I, you know, certainly now and have many, many times looked back on to kind of boost my feelings of self-worth and well-being. Um, and it was just an example of how I gave very, very little to somebody that 
just thought that it was just such a huge, you know, huge thing. And I think about how it made me feel at the time. And I know for sure when I left that little school and waved goodbye at that little girl, um, I was not the same person as when I had come that morning because just having that experience with her and seeing her accomplishment and that she had studied and practiced the things that we had last talked about, it gave me such a good feeling. And I'm certain that it impacted the rest of my day, you know, my approach, my conversation, and just my interaction with others. And I just mm-hmm. know that that little girl is still out there. She's not in the third grade anymore, <laughs> but <laughs> I know she's out there and she is still reading um, somewhere because of wow. the experience that we had. I just know in my heart that she is. But that was, you know, that something that came up for me when um, I first um, heard you talk about the importance of giving back and volunteering. Mm-hmm. that that's impact that that's like remember my I think I mentioned to you my first grade teacher Miss Johnson that mm-hmm. like 50 years later I don't know how long ago it was but I remember her you like, still remember Miss Johnson yeah like she's standing in front of me right now she has such a positive impact on me so yeah I get it <laughs> Right. So that's our that's our episode five. Uh, well-being. We ask the question, just how are we doing? And we hope that you've gained even one insight or heard something that inspires you to learn more and to do something. In other words, just to take some action. Right. The key we, word. Yeah. Action. Taking action. Taking action. Taking action. With explanation points behind it taking right. action <laughs> right right now we know this podcast is not for everybody and it is for a lot of somebodies so um, as we usually do we like to leave you with a little quote or a little something that you can take away uh, from this episode or take with you and this time it's a quote from napoleon hill And that quote is, one must marry one's feelings to one's beliefs and ideas. That is probably the only way to achieve a measure of harmony in one's life. So that's. That's that's it for our episode five. We want to thank you and ask you to take care. Thank you, everyone. Please keep listening to Wise Black Nanas. And please leave a comment on our Facebook page. Yes. Thank you for tuning into our podcast, Wise Black Nanas. New programs of Wise Black Nanas are on the 1st and 15th of each month. Listen in as you learn more about Wise Black Nanas, Dr. Sharla Walker and Joanne Early. They are everyday nanas. They are not famous, not celebrities or rich. Well, rich in life and its experiences. We want you to come back. Tell your friends. So, look for Wise Black Nana's podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Learn more about them and the coaching services they offer at www.wiseblacknanas.com.